Hi, my name's Ari Stein, and this is the 52 Insights Podcast. Today, I'm talking with a true legend of the visual world, Sebastio Salgado. Brazilian French photographer, someone who I have admired for the longest time, his work has inspired generations of adventurers, humanitarians, conservationists, policymakers, and photographers all across the world. Someone who for decades has presented us with an assortment of godlike landscapes, piercing profiles of the developing world, and heartbreaking visual essays on some of the most ravaged places on earth. No fear is how I would describe Sebastio. Someone who verges on 80 years old has lost none of his gumption to fire into some of the most uncompromising places on earth. There is so much in this chat that I enjoyed, especially his humility and simplicity. We talked about his own mortality and the imminence of death. In fact, he describes his own harrowing moment when he came extraordinarily close to dying. Ultimately, we lead up to the question, does he have hope for humanity? The answer will intrigue you. As someone who has documented the highs and lows of our species through his lens, all you can do is sit back and listen to Sebastian describe his own philosophy on life. As he so eloquently describes to me, we're a species that have schools to train people to kill others. Towards the end, we share a deeply emotional moment where he talks about what his own truth is. If you haven't, I urge you to sit down and watch the 2014 documentary, Salt of the Earth, an incredibly moving piece of film which follows Sebastio from econ student to photographer slash adventurer. And now, my chat with Sebastio Silgado. Remember, please subscribe to my podcast on Apple or Spotify and sign up to my newsletter for more interviews with extraordinary people. Sebastian Sagado, welcome to the 52 Insights podcast. Thank you very much. It's such an honor to speak to you. Um, I've been a fan of your work for the longest time. I mean that. uh, And I think what you do is so profound and inspirational, so enormous in scope and humbling. And I think what makes your work so great is you're able to make such a profound statement and, and touch so many people across the world. I remember going to see, uh, well, the only exhibition I've seen of yours in Berlin, where I used to live, um, at the CO, with my then girlfriend, which is now my wife, in um, back in Berlin, Germany. And I remember left feeling like there was more than just an exhibition, that it was an experience, um, and it touched me deeply, both of us, and it made us more aware of ourselves and, and our position and how we move through the world. So let's talk a little bit about this exhibition, Amazonia. It's your first UK exhibition outside London for over 20 years, taking place in Manchester, uh, the home of some wonderful music, or it has borne some wonderful music. Uh, At enormous scale, you're working with the French composer Jean-Michel Jarret, who I admire very much. And you're looking at indigenous people of the Amazon, breathtaking landscapes uh, of the Brazilian rainforest. Tell me about this enormous project, the last seven years you have been capturing these images. Well, I spent many, many time in Amazon. Uh, this project represents more than the last seven years that I spent in Amazonia. I spent in Amazonia between beginning of 2013 
to the end of 2019, but before I had walked a lot in Amazonia. And this exhibit here, these pictures, is about uh, these 48, 48 trips that I did to Amazonia. So I travel a lot to Amazonia. I live long time in Amazonia. I live long with the tribes. I spend a lot of time photographing the rivers, the mountains, the forest, the aerial rivers. Uh, it's a new concept. And uh, the result is this exhibit. Uh, it's a quite large exhibit. Uh, take a huge part of this museum. And uh, we do a new presentation of Amazonia. Probably for the first time, the people that we come see this show we see the mountains of Amazonia, have a huge amount of massive mountains in Amazonia. And uh, we be seeing probably for the first time, the flying rivers, the aerial rivers, where bring uh, a huge amount of humidity outside of Amazonia, sometimes same to Europe, to all over the world. And uh, it's, Plus, we have inside the show seven Indian leaders speaking for the people that comes. With Lelia, my wife, that created, that designed, that conceived the show, we presented the Amazonia, we presented the statical size, we give the information, but it's the Indians that are giving the political, the social point of the Amazonia. I believe that's an uh, essential show. Not because my pictures, because Amazonia. We must be together to protect this ecosystem, to protect this incredible amount of tribes that live in Amazonia, that depend of this Amazonian ecosystem to survive. And all this is on the danger. Is a danger, the destruction of the ecosystem, but not only the Brazilians and the country that hold Amazon that they are doing, that we all together in the planet are doing. We are destroying yeah. together the Amazon, and together we must protect the Amazon. Tell me, you have such a, you know, and, and also so sincere, I understand, you know, how urgent the issues that you're talking about are. You, you, you have such an enormous influence as a photographer and you're so renowned. Do the Indigenous people that you, you have come across, in, especially in the Amazon, are they aware of you as a photographer that you're very well known? Well, you see, to do this kind of work uh, that take a long time, that I live a long time with the tribes, that I come to spend a long time the Indians must allow you to come. They must understand that uh, coming, they are participate with their image in one large way to inform what's going on in Amazon. Each one of the tribes that I photograph, uh, we had long discussions. To go there was necessary to get the authorization of these tribes. And they knew perfectly well what we were doing. Uh, part of them, we have the participation direct in the show by the interviews that we have with the leaders and the shamans of these tribes. And uh, 
they have conscience that now the only way to protect Amazon is all all together. Not only me, photographer, not only then Indians, but we all together. You see, in the 11 of June, we'll be having two leader Indians that will be coming inside this show here in Manchester to participate with the population in a debate about Amazonia. The, we, you see, we have a very predatory government in Brazil now that is attacking, destroying Amazonia. And the Indians, together with uh, all the support, all the non-governmental organization, all the institutions, all the photographs, all the information, they are acting together in order to see if we can protect the Amazonian ecosystem. And uh, is no more question of a uh, uh, photographer living in Paris from outside, go there to mm -hmm. stealing, to stolen few pictures of the Indian. It is not this at all. It's a body of work where the Indians participate, where the pictures are there, where the information is there, where, where the, the speech of the Indians are there. And we are working with the Indian movement and the environmental movement to create uh, one base of debate about Amazon. Sebastio, you are almost 80? I'm 78 years old, yes. How do you feel at 78? Well, <laughs> I feel as an old man, what I am. You see, uh, of course, uh, that I have a lot of energy to do this kind of work as I did and now I spend many years in Amazon and not being a younger person, you must have uh, a huge discipline of life. life. You must choose well what you eat, you must sleep properly, you must be well physically. The contrary, you cannot, uh, we cannot do, we cannot hold. But uh, always I'm 78 years, all my cells are dying after a while. If everything is go well with me, statistically, I have 10 years in front of me. I am in the end. And, uh, but uh, that, that is it. So you think at 90 years old, you're, you can see yourself walking through the trenches? You can walk through the rainforest? No. Okay. No, I don't believe so. If I do this, I'm irresponsible. I don't believe so because, you see, to do this kind of work, uh, I did, and now I just finished now. Uh, it's very hard. You sleep uh, in the hammocks all the time. You wash yourself in the rivers. You do all your needs in the forest. And... Uh, you don't eat very well because uh, there is not a, a huge choice of things. We have no right to eat the Indian foods. The FUNAI, the National Foundation, forbidden you. And we must bring uh, cans of sardines, of tuna fish, uh, salted meat, uh, and uh, rice, beans, this kind of thing. But the food is not very rich. And uh, when you are young, you can hold all these things. But when you become old, the body is not more strong like it were before. Yeah. I feel the same. I'm, I'm, I'm not as old as you, but I start to feel the same. I understand what you mean. 
Um, how do you come home, Sebastio? You you are so renowned for these awesome adventures. You you go to these far flung places and you meet these extraordinary people and. How do you feel when you come home? It must be like, I know when I go on holiday, even for me, if I'm traveling for weeks on end, I come home, I get a period of blue, but you must feel quite extraordinary to come from such a high down. How do you acclimatize yourself when you come home? See, when you do this kind of work, you do with everything around you. You see, who designed my show, who create all the presentation for show is my wife. And she travels a lot with me to Amazonia also. We have a team that work with us that is completely concerned with the story. And when I come back, I came to edit, I came to, to prepare the next trip. And you are inside a movement. You don't walk there, we cut, we come here and go there. No, you coming back here, you are preparing the next one. You are editing what you did. You are inside the system of information contact. You are, you are in a movement. The movement is not only there. You see, when you do this kind of work, it's a way of life. Is your life, is a part of your life that is, is completely integrated. The things are not that separate one from the other. No, uh, I, uh, when I come back, I don't come back for isolated place to go again. No, I'm inside of the movement. Like now, I finished the photograph, but look, we have the same show that is here in Manchester, happening in Sao Paulo. Two weeks ago, we were in Sao Paulo with at least 10 Indian leaders or more uh, doing a conference, doing a speech, debates, presentations. We were completely linked together. And here in Manchester, preparing uh, the group of guys that go to one tribe. I get a plane that we drive then, that we bring then. I'm doing reservation of tickets. You see, you are inside a movement. You are not uh, cut for one reality. You, are, you continue being part of it. This presentation that I'm doing here is the same that we present in London that came here, that is in Sao Paulo, we'll be opening in Los Angeles. And we are, all this is tied together, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, you become part of a movement. It's a way of life. Yeah. But I want to get to the heart of your emotional uh, well-being, because I think it's so interesting looking at the scale of your work over so many decades and the things that you have seen, you know, uh, from indigenous tribes who are fighting for their homeland to um, famines in Africa to oil fields in Iraq, such devastation. This is real suffering, um, and this is real humanity at its, uh, as, you, as you would call it, its worst. This suffering must stay with you. How do you reconcile the suffering? You see, it's very difficult to, to, to cut 
life in slices. Life is just one. Uh, you must understand that I came for one poor country, one of the developed country, that I made uh, social studies, that were uh, for a while uh, refugee in France. When Lely and myself come out of Brazil, we came as refugees. Uh, it was impossible to us to stay in our country. We fight to survive, to be there. I made the studs. I become a photographer. All the, the information, all uh, my ideology, all my behavior was together, was mixed. I became a photographer. It's about the same. And uh, it's my life. It's my life. I don't have a separation of the body of work that I did now in Amazonia from a body of work that you saw in Berlin, Genesis, where I went to see the pristine, the most pristine place around this planet. It's not different from the starvation that I did in Africa. It's the history of humanity. Mm -hmm. It's the history of our planet. I see. It's the historical moment that I'm living that I link my life with this historical moment. But it, but it affects you. It must affect you. Affect me in, in many different senses because there is not only negative aspects. There is a lot of positive aspects. Same when you are with a group of refugees fleeing, come out of the land. There is a lot of power there. There is a lot of stronger relation inside these communities that give you power, that uh, you learn a lot of things. You see, it's very difficult for the guys living in rich counts, looking towards the poor counts, imagining that there is all horrible. It is not. It's as strong as here. You see, the misery is not material. It's not because you don't have a nice bank account. It's not because because you don't, you, have, you don't have a nice car, that you don't have a nice house, that you are not happy, that you don't live in community. Who's important, the most important thing, the, the, the important rich things are not material, they are spiritual. And uh, sometimes with a poor group of guys, you are much more rich with some rich guys because you have solidarity, you have friendship, you have uh, one real idea of community. But and this is important. I understand that with nothing you can be happy, but still looking into the soiled eyes of these children and babies, you must be angry at some point with humanity, the way that this story keeps repeating itself. Even now we're seeing the same story. It always is the same story. You see, always this story. Now we are speaking hard about the war in Ukraine. But we are speaking because they are as white as you are, because you are all Europeans. But a few days ago, we had a much more terrible war going on in Syria. We had a destroying the... When the Americans invade Iraq, I knew Iraq, a normal country, with all the people retired, with people uh, 
bring babies to school. In a moment, we drive Iraq to the Stone Age. We destroy completely this country. And uh, you see, the war always was there. The violence was always there. The suffering always there. And uh, you see, it's about these, my pictures. Uh, I try to show the people that I photographed inside of their dignity because they have a dignity. Photography is about uh, have uh, a nice frame, a nice space, a nice composition, a nice light. And I have nice people in my pictures. But the beauty for me is not have a nice nose, a nice mouth, a nice uh, smile. The beauty is the dignity. And the people that I work with them, that I photograph them, they have an amazing dignity. They are suffering. Yes, they are suffering. But uh, I hope that one day there will be no more suffering, that we live in a better planet, that we understand that each one in this planet has right to live, to survive. And I, I, I have a big hope. And uh, the contrary, I had suicide after a long time because I saw tough things, realize so difficult things in the life. But I have a big hope that one day together we'll be going towards a better way to live for all humanity. What is your work, uh, Sebastio, taught you about faith? Um, and you, you mentioned the word spirituality. I'm, try, I'm trying not to get too deep with you because you probably uh, are immersed in this every day with your work. But when I see your work, I think about the spiritual experience. I think about the resonance of the natural world that we're all interconnected. There is an ethereality to the, the nature of your work. I think that's probably why you choose to add music because it elevates everything. What is, how do you feel about faith? And how, what has your work taught you about spirituality? Even if you are, I don't know if you are atheist or you are a religious man. No, I'm not a religious man. I'm not a believer. But uh, I believe that there is one natural order in the evolution. The evolution brings a lot of teaching for many things that uh, we, we knew that we, uh, is the base of our survival. I don't believe that is the technology, that is the finance, that uh, construct that built the history of humanity is the spirituality is the most deeper uh, and uh, important uh, uh, principles that uh, our mother teach us your mother teach you only important things in the life it's amazing. When I came to work with these Indian communities, I thought that I would be working with very distant people from me because they were isolated. They knew very few people from outside. 
And when I arrived at that, I discovered that uh, what was good for me was good for them. What was important for me come out of the 20, end of the 20th century, beginning of the 21st century, meeting these guys that they were representing me 10,000 years ago. But what's important for me was important for them. They love in the same way. They have the same sense of community, the same sense of solidarity. And in this moment, I understand the essential of my piece, that in this 10,000 10, years difference, because these guys live inside Amazonia, is like the prehistory of humanity, alive that is there, but uh, they are not different from me. We are the same. We are the same species. And uh, that for me is so important. Everything that we have now, we had before. These guys living 10,000 years before that live in Amazonia, they have antibiotics. They have anti-inflammatory. They know all the laws that uh, drive the, 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 the planet. We knew that before. You see, and what guarantee all this evolution is the spirituality. And I believe this is the, the most important point. What uh, tied everything together during the chain of the evolution is the spirituality. It's not more than Am I right in saying, Sebastian, what you're saying is the spirituality is within the natural order and seeing that we are all part of it? Is that right? Well, we are all part of it. But the way that we build our societies, the way that we organize ourselves to be together, the big numbers that we are, we put so much rules. We put so much restrictions in our model. We put so much borders in mm -hmm. our life yeah. that uh, we create a very complicated society. Yeah, it's true. And we live in a complicated world. We are destroying high speed our planet that we need to survive. We are destroying each other. We are destroying our relation. We are in the edge of atomic war that we destroy everything on the planet. You see, there is a nonsense with our evolution that is very difficult to understand how, why we arrived there. No, and look what is going on now in Russia, how these Russians attack these Ukrainians. Why these Ukrainians try themselves to provoke these Russians to come inside the NATO. How these countries that are in Europe, that are in the United States, do not make an agreement before to go to war. Was possible to do an agreement. And uh, now we have a war, and each one in this planet is pushing for more war, hmm. for more fight uh, to destroy. Uh, we, there is a nonsense in our behavior that is difficult to understand. How can a species survive in this way? It's, it's not easy. Yeah. You're very passionate. I'm not. I, 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 I live a lot in the planet. I know more than 130 different counts. I live real with people. I live real with the communities. We are speaking about Russia. I work a lot in Russia. 
what you speak about Ukraine. We, I work a lot about Ukraine in Ukraine. I work a lot in Syria. I work a lot in Iraq. I work all over this planet, and I saw so many things that uh, uh, it's my life. It's a way of life. I had the opportunity to go there and see. I had a huge privilege. It's a huge privilege to be a photographer. You see, when you write, when you need information, you can count information for here, for there. But photographers, the only way that they have to get mm. their image is to be there, to go there, to know people, to be together. In this moment, you see and you learn a lot yeah. of things. Do you, looking back at your career, extraordinary career over so many decades, is there one story or one picture or one particular moment that has really defined um, your career or stayed with you? It has created some type of really strong memory. No, no. I I have a few moments very difficult, some moments very happy, some special moments in my life, but uh, it's all then tied together that made uh, a life, that made uh, my way of thinking. Uh, I live um, terrible moments, uh, disparate moments. I remember once, I was inside the jungle of Congo, about uh, 500,000, 700,000 people disappeared from these refugee camps in the border of Rwanda and Congo during the genocide in Rwanda. These guys gone inside the, the Congo forest. And uh, when they appear, they appeared same not 100,000 guys, all other were killed inside this forest, die inside this forest. And the ones that we meet, they were in so bad shape that uh, was, was very hard to see how they were physically. And amazing to see how they were humans, how they were us, how they were having hope to come out of this, how they were smart enough, someone's trading small money that one had to do black market there in the middle of all this disaster. And how others were so violent with them, beating them, pushing them back. And when you see all this together, you, you, you live inside a very dramatic and special moment. But it's not because it is that this moment was much more important than the moment that I spent in the mountains with the Indians in Ecuador, in Peru, in the highlands of Latin America, these Indians that suffer for 500 years of the pressure of the outsider culture on them. I live with them for a long time, for a while, and I learn a lot from them. You see, what moment is the most important? It's, it's impossible to me to tell to you. Mm -hmm. If it was this moment in Congo, if it was this moment in, uh, in, in, in Ecuador, if it was a moment that I spent with Mentawai inside the jungle in Sumatra, uh, this is us. 
This is our story. This is our planet. This is where I went to do my pictures. And uh, if, I cannot tell to you that one picture, one month was more important than the other because we're not. They're all when, together. When was the last time you cried? Oh boy, I cry a lot. I'm one guy that cries. I cry very, very easy. I'm, I'm a very emotional person. And uh, there is some moments that are so special that uh, you cannot photograph. You put your cameras in the ground, you sit and you cry uh, because you are so unhappy or because you are very happy. No, I remember once I was in the Brooks Ranch in north of Alaska, inside the polar circle, alone in these mountains. Uh, the small plane put me there, I climbed these mountains, I had 24 hours light a day, and sit alone in the high of these mountains, looking the mineral part of my planet. Look at the small plants, look at the wind, the erosion, and understanding that me, I were part of all this, that I were also biodiversity mixed with this, and if I had disappeared, died there in this mountain, I, my body will become a planet. You see, it's so strong, this moment, that you cry. You sit there alone, you cry. As you cry when you see violence, when you see some, uh, well, that is it. So you've had moments where you were so overwhelmed um, with awe that you couldn't even bring yourself to take a picture. I find that extraordinary. Yes, there is some moment that you cannot photograph. Have you ever had a moment where in your career you thought you were going to die? Oh, many times. Many times I was about to die. I had uh, a plane accident once. Plane had no more engine. We were very high. Nowhere to land this plane. We had just small volumes of mountain. And went through this, and it was very interesting because I was photographing plane was a small plane. I had no no. We take out the door of the plane. We have the air coming on me, and the plane was going down, and uh, was hearing the air in the plane, and I said, "Fabulous experience! It's the first time that I will die." <laughs> And now we will see how is the death, how is to die. Now we'll die. Now we see if we go to another life or not. No? And we had a huge shock. I said, I do not die. <laughs> and uh, after I saw the plane hitting the ground, we had a fence with six uh, steel iron like this. And the plane went through. And was like to land in a in a aircraft carrier. The plane was destroyed, but we do not die. And uh, at the times of, I was photographed when I was younger, photograph a lot in wars. In few months, I was hundred percent sure that I would die. And I do not die. And uh, well, 
And most recently, I have some problems in my blood. About uh, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, one of the doctors that one see, he said to me, by the indication that I had, uh, 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 what the name of this disease that you have a cancer in your blood? Uh, leukemia. Is, uh, huh? Leukemia. Le- leukemia. Because I said, you have a leukemia. I said, with leukemia, you cannot survive. <laughs> you are shot dead. And, and for four or five days, I was in the doors of the hell. And uh, he indicated me to a specialist, a doctor in cancer. I went to see, and the doc, the guy made the best answer. No, you have no leukemia. You have a, a combination of some factor in your blood, but it's not leukemia. You don't, don't, don't care about it. You don't have a little Kim. And I born again. You see? So <laughs> and that is the, the, the point. You go and come back many times. And uh, I I'm asking, and you have you have dodged so many bullets, missed them in your life, but now you're almost 80. I can't imagine that you're scared of dying. Or the or the end. That tell to you, I tell to you a few minutes ago, statistically. I have 10 years in front of me. If everything works well, uh, is, is, I can live a, a little bit more or a little bit less, but uh, I'm very close to the end. That's, that's normal. That is, is like the things happen. Yeah. I want to try and get a sense <clears throat> of the inspiration that you create in your work. Um, looking at the the types of things that you document um you've documented the natural world equally you've documented the human species very well and you've really created this type of language would you say that you feel more comfortable with the natural world or with your own species well uh, let me tell to you i born uh, in a farm i grew up in a farm and uh, I love the nature. I love, I love, I love. In the point of that a majority, a big majority of my pictures are close to the nature. But uh, I love everything. I live in city. Uh, and uh, you see, the stories that I did, what I did, represents the historical moment that I live with my wife, where he planted a forest. We have a slice of land in Brazil that was the farm, the old farm of my parents, that we took a decision to transform a national park. And now we plant there around 3 million trees, only native trees. We have all the environment, the species that come back. We are so close to the, the land. But to raise the money to do this, was necessary to me to work in the cities, to go for the companies, to go for institutions. And uh, you see, I am exactly as everyone. I am uh, the mixture of all this, and I am uh, the materialization of all contradictions in this planet. You see, I'm a fight for environment, but uh, I do a lot yeah. of pollution meals. 
I have a car as, as ever one. Uh, I eat meat. I do a lot of things that are not political correct because it's like this. What can I do? And you see, uh, that is, I am like anyone. I am not different from any person. How long does Bolsonaro have? Can we get him out? How long what? How long does Bolsonaro have left? Can we get him out? Well, I hope that uh, he go out, that uh, Lula, that is the, the, the former president, that is very good in the statistics till now, can win the elections. Because Bolsonaro is a huge predator. Bolsonaro is one, one uh, very violent man. He's put on weapons in the hand of the Brazilians that you don't have before, was forbidden. Now he broke all laws to put weapons as the Americans, the, the hand of the people. He's destroying the Amazon. He's destroying the environment. He's against uh, the minorities. He's what we can have the worst in the planet. And for me, it's, it's a shocking because uh, I thought that the Brazilians were reasonable people, that I would be coming from a country where the people were sympathetic, nice, but in reality, I was wrong because we elected this guy democratically. He had the, the votes of the majority of the Brazilians to be there. And I hope that now we can make the correction that the Lula can be elected, the elections will be in 2nd of October, and that we can change the things that we can have someone that respect the institutions. You see, we live inside a society full of rules. And if we start to break all the institutions that we put hundreds of years to build, become a very complicated society to put water in place. And it's a drama that's going on in Brazil. It's a drama that's going on in Latin America because Bolsonaro. Sebastio, do you have hope for humanity? No, I don't have a hope for humanity. I don't believe the humanity will survive in the way, the present way that humanity, humanity behaves. The planet cannot give to us what we are taking from the planet. We are destroying everything around us. We are destroying all the forests in the world. Uh, we speak only about the Amazonian forest, but when you go to Indonesia, where you have amazing forests in Borneo, Sumatra, in the West Papua, all this is destroyed. We are destroying this at very high speed to produce palm oil, to put in the food, for the Europeans, for the rich people around this planet to do the consumption. We are together destroying all this. Now we are destroying Amazonia. Look, we are the only species that has a school to kill the others. These militaries, uh, these armies, these are a school to kill the others. We produce with the resource that was possible to us to make a fantastic way of life for everyone, we produce weapons. One jet, one jet fighter with all his equipment costs more than 200,000 pounds per plane. How many thousands of these planes we have? 
And when they walk, they destroy much more than they cost. And when they do not walk, in 20 years, we must destroy all them because they become obsolete to build new ones and to spend all the resources that we're supposed to have to protect the planet, to make a better life for us, we made in the schools of destruction. And how a species like this can deserve to survive? And we are not prepared to survive. We be very complicated for us. Yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment. Although I hope that in some small part of the soul of humanity, we find solutions that can deal with the problems because equally there are there is a lot of pessimism at the moment and negativity but equally i think as much as it's hard to say there is what makes us great is our ability to come through some of these uh dark periods but you're right i agree i agree with you uh, I don't believe that we will survive, but I have a big hope that we can, in a month, understand what is going on and that we can come back to our planet, that we can come back to each other, yeah. that we become more solidarity, that we, 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 we build a planet where all us together can live better. I believe, I have this hope. The country had suicide after a long time. No, I have the hope. I don't believe what is going on, but I have a hope that in a moment we can turn all this and build a better society. Photography has been a big part of my life. I love photography. And for me, photography is very subjective. Even if you disagree with me, maybe, I think it's about the truth. But everyone has a different truth, you know? So the photographer is taking their own truth or documenting their own truth. So we're living within our own architecture or house, so to speak. So what is truth for you? What is your truth? My truth is my life. My truth is my father, is my mother, is the village where I grow, is the school where I went, is Everything that I learned that become my ideology, that's become my truth. And uh, I agree 100% with you. Photography is deeply subjective. Each photographer photograph with his heritage and the heritage of each one is different for, for, from the other. And uh, uh, I believe uh, that is like this. And uh, if you put 20 photographs in the same place, you have 20 different photographies. Exactly. Because photography is not objective. It's deeply subjective. And, uh, and, and, and this, this is not different from this. What is amazing, what is sophisticated, that uh, you go to photograph, with your photography, you represent one certain reality, in your reality. No, you bring with all your heritage and in front of you, you have a reality that you photograph and you have your personal point of view that you are representing this reality. Now I have this show here in Manchester. is my point of view of Amazonia. And uh, 
is not uh, the point of view of majority of the people that uh, the other photographers that will be photographing there is my point of view. See someone come here, is my light, is the light that I learned when I was a kid that stay inside myself, is my ideology, my political ideology, is my, my what I, I believe about environment, is what I believe about the Indian communities, is what is there, but is yet my point of view. Yeah. Sebastian Salgado, uh, it's been a deep, deep honor to, to speak with you. And I want to thank you for your humble service to humanity and for being such a, a steward of the, uh, a faithful steward of the human experience. Thank you very much. A pleasure. You've been listening to the 52 Insights podcast. I'm Ari Stein. Thanks to Portico Quartet for their track Endless and Joel Stein of Glass Maps for producing this podcast. Sign up to the 52 Insights newsletter and subscribe to my podcast channel to get notified of my latest interviews with extraordinary people.